Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 80th episode of Prayer Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Dave Keenan. He's a senior concept artist at ZenMax Online Studio from Baltimore, United States. And with that introduction out of the way, could you please give us a little introduction on how we got into visual arts and design? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. Appreciate it. Um, how I got into concept art is kind of, kind of a long story, but to paraphrase it uh i started out uh in graphic design i spent close to eight to ten years uh doing doing graphic design working for various different places uh marketing firms uh i've worked for sign shops uh i I did freelance all all the above um it was at one point where um i ended up kind of uh getting into digital art in the sense of uh, illustration that I kind of just went down this path uh, and became super interested in, uh, you know, doing concept art. Um, Try to take it very seriously. Uh, Started doing some freelance uh, in kind of that sector and uh, spent two years freelancing just doing illustration uh, for multiple things, mobile games, uh, tabletop games, uh, pretty much, pretty much like the entry to barrier to all other things. Um, and then finally I, I kind of got, uh, an offer to work in studio and I've been working in studio, uh, pretty much ever since. And it's been about, uh, five or six years, six years now that I've, uh, been working in video game industry. Um, so it's kind of just, that's paraphrasing. There's a lot of information that's happened in between there. And there's a lot of little, uh, I wouldn't say little. There's a lot of ups and downs that, that get you to that point, but um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of me getting the concept art in a nutshell. I think. All right, awesome. And um, the next question is where, you, of course, you already discussed a bit how we got into concept art, but the next question is: Were you originally studying art and design in the beginning, or you were pursuing another career path? Like, I mean, what I mean by that question is: Were you originally knew from like when you were in high school or maybe elementary school, you knew that you wanted to get in art? But uh, yeah, how was the story like basically? Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll go a little deeper. Um, so, uh, my father was an artist. Um, you know, pretty much just not necessarily in the sense that he was a professional artist, but he was, you know, a little airbrush artist that did, you know, his own stuff. And, you know, he's a guy from the eighties. So I grew up being a huge fan of, you know, aliens, Dune, uh, labyrinth, you know what I mean? Like all the eighties films that inspire people to make really weird stuff. Um, so I've always been into art, always done art. Um, but when I attended uh, university, it was more so um, art was kind of, yeah, it's my major, but, you know, I had a big focus on sports. I went to school because I was a baseball player. And a lot of what I did was uh, spend time focusing on sports. Um, so it, it kind of took a backseat for a while. Uh, but, yeah, I did graduate college with a, a bachelor's degree in graphic design and uh, – Crazy enough, a minor in art history, which I have not used to this day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, you know, working in the graphic design field, it was essentially the way that at this point in time, which was back in 2002, uh, forgive me for not remembering whatsoever anymore. Um, 
graphic design was kind of the way that people would explain to you, hey, this is a way to make money as an artist. Uh, this is how they would explain off like, ah, you know, you'll be a struggling artist, you'll be poor if you're just an artist. So this was like, you know, concept art wasn't necessarily an opportunity, nor was it uh, as widely known as it is now. It's not as prevalent. You know, there wasn't online tutorials and stuff like that. They could, that could jumpstart you. There wasn't all these people like Learn Squared and, you know, uh, Bobby Shoes Brainstorm that, you know, oh, here's, you know, here's how you do this thing. You know, I didn't even have access to like Noman DVDs or anything like that yet. So that's just how I kind of got into it is, all right, here's graphic design. This is a thing I could do. Um, I spent a lot of time painting, like oil painting and stuff like that, illustration in college. But, you know, that was never considered to be a thing that would uh, essentially springboard me into having an art career per se. Yeah, and uh, an interesting point is that, I mean, as you said, the, enter- the entertainment industry wasn't as big as like it is right now, um, especially in the 80s. Like there were like a lot of, there was like a general good established sci-fi scene in the Hollywood and in America. And that was basically the main polar of like entertainment in the world back then, in a sense. Yeah. And I think, I assume in those times you have to be like, a very already established artist and illustrator to get those concept art gigs for like, you know, sci-fi movies and stuff like that. But now with like, you know, the exponential growth of like entertainment industry, video games, movies, animations, everything, there's so much where we're actually having shortage of environments, artists, if I'm not mistaken, in concept art. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how it evolved to this point. And, um, yeah, I, I, Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, go on. Go on. Not, there was nothing else to say. Sorry, go on. Um, uh, well, to that point, yeah, uh, you know, <clears throat> nowadays it's it's interesting because I, I feel like I got into the, the gaming industry and film industry at just at the right time. Uh, for me personally, um, it, it was at that point in time where, like, it seemed to be a kind of a big leap in between where, you know, education was specifically for schools and ateliers. And now it's it's so concentrated online between Gumroad and all those other sites, Patreon, where you can just get so much information. There's such a plethora of information available to you that honestly, like, you don't really have to go to school to be able to do the job that we do. So it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm dating myself by all this stuff, but uh, it's just when, when I got into to the digital art scene, um, you know, there wasn't there wasn't really that much to offer. It's like, ah, just keep practicing, keep, keep drawing, keep doing the fundamentals and just learn Photoshop as much as you can, which I at this point in time, I had already known a lot of like the Adobe stuff just working in graphic design. Like there's just tons of software to already work with. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting how things change so quickly, especially with games. So, yeah, exactly. And um, well, now the next question is, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on right now? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now. By main branch of design, I mean well, I mean I already mentioned that you're a concept senior concept artist at Zenimax mm-hmm. Studio. But what I'm what I'm asking is like, what specific field of concept art you're working on? So, 
Um, it, it depends uh, because, the, you know, there's different tasks that are required during different periods of uh, production of any project, right? So, you know, sometimes there's a viz dev period, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of blue sky work being done where we're just trying to figure out the mood of everything and understand a lot of things. Um, I'm usually a, a, a character designer. Usually I get, you know, uh, our director is going to come to me for a lot of character work. Um, but that's not something that, you know, you necessarily get limited to. Uh, most studios and most, you know, art leads and ADs, they want to encourage you to kind of work on as many facets as you'd like. Uh, if you want to contribute to, you know, weapons or props or environments, of course, like by all means, like go ahead and do those things. Um, most of the time I'm doing character work um, or I'll do some illustrations. Uh, I mean, there's times where we do UI work. Uh, we make up icons and logos. So there's a gambit of things that you become involved in. Um but I would say predominantly I, I end up doing character character centric stuff is is mostly what I get focused on. All right, and uh, well, speaking of characters, character design, I want to ask mm-hmm. you this: How does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a project or a character project? Like, what what does the pipeline of your work from zero to hundred looks like? Gotcha. So just from a concept perspective or like concept to maybe a 3D artist, which like how far do you want from me to go concept, from, a, from a concept. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, from a concept perspective. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, this might sound uh, kind of cliche or maybe it's it, you, people have heard it a million times. But uh, for me, it's always about research first. I want as many details as possible. Um Anything I can get, whether that's from a designer, whether it's from a client, whether it's from my AD, which technically they're all our clients, right? Um, I want as much information as possible. I want to be able to kind of build uh, mood boards, style guides, anything I can to help me build a structure, right? Um, so, you know, some concept artists are different, right? Like some are what I call like architects and then some are what I call gardeners, right? Like gardeners want to just dig it up and they want to try to find those ideas as they go along and, and then, you know, plant little seeds and let it grow. And it happens organically where architects need like some type of like very defined structure. Um, I would find I sit kind of in between those, which I don't know if maybe that's just a doorman between the architect and the gardener, <laughs> but I like to, I like to kind of like have a base structure, but also organically find my way around the idea. Um, usually with that being said, um, after a brief, it's, it's most of the time just sketches. Um, sometimes the requirements are different. Some people like thumbnails, some people just like very loose sketches and ideas. And then we discuss them. Um, some people actually like quick paintings, um, myself, I'll do personally, I'll create sometimes if, you know, I've got a set character, I'll create kind of like a bust painting, uh, do a little bit of lighting and just get the mood and feel of them. Maybe there's a little bit of personality that I need to establish first. And that's just for me. And sometimes our director wants to see it and they get excited about it. And that pushes, all right, this is, this is what I like. Stay in this realm. Don't stay over here. And after we go through a round of sketches, um, 
usually it's it's kind of like free reign from that point in time. It becomes all right. Let's let's do a page of six, a page of eight, and let's pick out things that are you know really jumping out on us and, and making sense. And most of the time, I'll work black and white for a long period of time. Um, I kind of picked that up from my days doing logo stuff because course logos you want to read uh as much contrast as possible black and white logos is always the thing you want to do because that's going to give you that that great read that great silhouette so from that point uh if we picked out a design we like uh we'll, we'll go to color and color can mean a, a lot of things and it can make you go in a lot of different directions um, so from the color stage it's it's pretty simple once you, you kind of pick it out it's now let's explore what this looks like in a rendering uh and then just making adjustments um whether it's adding small details that help the character sing a little bit better um whether it's texture details whether you know simple things that kind of give uh, a little bit more life breathe a little bit more life into the idea and we're always working towards trying to achieve um an idea that's best conveyed in the client's eyes. So that's that's pretty much my process. Um, sometimes it goes backwards. Sometimes I'll do a complete painting. And they'll just say, "Hey, this is I like this. Let's figure out how to make this painting into a, a character." And then you're just putting it in T pose and see if it fits or works that way. Uh, it it can be a little bit chaotic at, at times for especially. You know, if you're working on a project early, but that's pretty much the gist of of how I kind of go about things. All right, awesome. Now, in this part of the podcast, I want to talk about some of your works that you've personally done. I've checked your art station and Instagram as well. Um, sure. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, first, um, I want to get to some of the stuff you did that is on your art station, and I think one of the games you worked on is Rogue Company, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and yep. could you please explain a bit about the experience of working on that game, the stuff you did? Sure. So, Rogue Company uh, was a brand new IP, uh, not only in the sense that it was a brand new game, period, but also one that was brand new for that studio, Hybrid Studios at the time. Um, they had never done a game like that before, so it was completely different than Smite, Paladins, Realm Royale, a bunch of games that they were doing. At this time, they were trying to take um, a gamble and jump into a different genre and see how that would work out for them. So um, anytime you're working on a brand new IP, it is, it's very difficult. Um, in my eyes, I would say it's the most difficult thing you can do inside of games. Uh, there's so many moving parts. There's so many people that are trying to get their agenda to work and make sense inside of uh, creating a product. Because at the day, at the end of the day, like that's what we're doing. Um, we're there to help create a product and make it the best we can, right? <clears throat> so with Road Company, uh, so one of my major responsibilities at the time. Uh, because I was hmm, probably one of three or four concept artists that were on the team when we when we started, and uh, it was a lot of biz dev work, uh, biz dev environments, props, uh, all types of gear, characters, and it's it's that part of it which 
you know, sometimes can last a year, sometimes last two years. I mean, it's it, it's it's difficult to even kind of put a, a date or a number on it. But you're, you're vis-debbing all those things um, and coming up with style guides, mood boards, style sheets. Uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot involved uh, trying to figure out marketing art, splash art, all those things. Um, so my responsibilities on, on that project ended up being mostly uh, a lot of biz dev. Uh, it wasn't until probably halfway through that I ended up, you know, doing a lot of character work on th- on this particular game. I probably made upwards of uh, probably like 13 characters maybe. And, it had to go fast because they wanted to put the game out really quickly. Uh, it's free to play, so they're they're looking to change it on the fly if they need to. So characters had to be generated quick. <laughs> so all, a lot of the time, your brief would not be exactly what that character ended up being. So you'd have to go back and adjust the character uh, once you get them in the uh, 3D pipeline, which you know those processes have to be developed when you're making a new game you got to figure out how to plug and play certain aspects. So it, it was a very difficult game to make because a lot of, there was so many moving parts and it was also my first time uh, working on a brand new IP. So I had a lot of time working with the art director, uh, working with the designers and uh, working with marketing uh, just because there's, there's so much that, you know, there, we, we didn't necessarily have any marketing artists. So as a concept artist, you found yourself just like trying to fill every hole you possibly could. Um, eventually the, the team ballooned up to at least, I think 120 people and it did become such a burden, but um, yeah, it, it's, it could be hectic. It can be very hectic. Yeah. I could just imagine. I think the, one of the games that was the production of it was kind of similar to the way you just explained was um, actually one of my favorite games of all time, Fallout New Vegas. I think mm-hmm. it, they had to kind of like, like push so many stuff like in such a, I think it was just 10 months or something. It was really short, but I remember. they. I think Black, yeah, Black Isles Studio, I think that was the game that kind of Bethesda commissioned to make the game because they didn't have enough yeah. money and resources to do that, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, it could get really cramped sometimes. But so basically you're, you're responsible for a lot of the characters in the game, right? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, awesome. characters. Um, yeah, there was... Uh, I don't know... So, so I had to work on like uh, UX, UI design. So a lot of like some of the graphic elements and the interactable stuff I had to design. Um, there was a lot of splash art. Some, some that didn't end up getting in the game, I don't think. But a lot of marketing materials I had to make images for. So there's a, I kind of had my hands on a lot of different things. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty crazy position to be on a new IP like that. Um, but also fun. You know I mean, there's 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 definitely a level of fun that, that comes with it. Um, very cool experience. Awesome. And I think I only I haven't played the game, but I think it's a, a battle royale game. And I saw it so like it was a, they sponsored a lot of streamers to play the game, I think, for the, in the earlier stages. And that's how I actually yeah. saw the game myself. Yeah, it's my favorite game. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go on. <laughs> No, no, it's not my type of game to play. Uh, I'm, I'm not that competitive, so <laughs> I'd play just a little bit and get slaughtered. So, 
<laughs> yeah, the uh, battle royale games are really kind of tryhardy, tryhardy games that you there's like everyone just sweating on their chairs, just tryharding, trying to just get the number one spot, and that's the nature of the game. All battle royale games, it's not just Rogue Company, there's Fortnite, there's Apex Legends, there's like PUBG, all of them. And yeah, it's so intense. This game, so it is. I, I yeah. can't. I don't really enjoy it that much myself. Yeah, I think we're and, very similar. Yeah, actually, I've recently, <laughs> yeah, I've recently gotten into Factorio and Satisfactory, both like kind of really heavily or focused on logistics and just building a base and just you trying to use your brain to actually figure out the challenges that is in the game. So I'm, I've really gotten into those two mm-hmm. games recently, and yeah, those. Battle Royale games, I'm not familiar. <laughs> and um, yeah, speaking yeah, of I, IPs, yeah, and speaking of IPs, there's another IP you worked on is Destiny 2. And also, could you care to explain the mm-hmm. whole story about that as well? Yeah, sure. So um, when I got hired for Destiny, uh, I was actually it was it was kind of crazy. So. Uh, the studio I worked for, Destiny, was uh, Vicarious Visions, and they were essentially, um, uh, you would call them an outsource, in-source, or in-house studio for Activision, where, you know, we kind of floated on whatever projects Activision needed work for, whether it's Call of Duty, uh, you know, Spyro, and then at the time, Activision was working with Bungie, and they had a partnership, so we worked on destiny 2 for about three or four years so be, before i got hired onto them um i was actually uh interviewing for rocksteady studios which was in the uk at the time and i ended up going here because destiny 2 is like a really awesome opportunity um but when i when i got onto the team it was we were getting ready to ship the a warmind dlc and the first character I got to work on was a hunter and a Bray. And I was doing a lot of illustration work at the time. It wasn't until probably, I don't know, say six or seven months down the line that we started kind of uh, a new DLC. And that's when I started doing a lot of weapon concepts, uh, started doing some NPC concepts and a little bit of environment work. And the majority of the stuff that I, I did on destiny was, was a lot of weapons and characters. Um, a super fascinating world to work on. Probably one of the coolest things I'll ever work on. Um, and, and a lot of like really talented and creative people doing this stuff. I learned so much in my time working on Destiny and talking to a bunch of guys. And the team I worked with at BB, uh, character team, uh, weapons artists, um, I've met some of my best friends there. You know what I mean? Like this project really kind of helped me um, understand like the massiveness of uh, a AAA title. Because uh, before this, I mean, I'd worked on mobile games and I've worked on a bunch of other tabletop games and, and projects that just didn't have the scale. Because at this point, you know, this is well over uh, a thousand people across three studios that's just working on this title uh bungie is a massive massive studio with you know at least 700 people like they pretty much have a campus to themselves so you know working with that many people 
is daunting, but at the same time, like super, super cool because you get so many different perspectives. Uh, I mean, Bungie probably has, I don't know, five or six art directors that are direct, like environment, you know, character, uh, weapon, like they, they all have kind of their, uh, their own, uh, requirements, right? Like one directs this DLC, another does this DLC, and then they all have to like come together and mesh and meld and make sense. Um, it's a huge machine that I don't know if I could even attempt to try to uh, run in any possible way. <laughs> so I was just a little little part of of all that going on, but it was it was super fun, super cool. All right, awesome, and. Um... Speaking of working in like a super huge environment, like having like in a company that there's 700, 800 employees there, um, I want to ask you something related to that um, while we're in this context. And how is work at Zenimax Studio right now? And I think that's the main studio you started working in and still working. And for anyone who, by the way, who doesn't know, and I actually learned that like before the interview, um, Zenimax Zenimax Studio is actually. Uh, a holding company. It's not necessarily an art company. It's it's a holding company that uh, basically acquired like Bethesda, um, a bunch of other studios. Mm-hmm. I think there was Machine Games, Tango Gameworks. Um, yeah, and it's pretty interesting. And I think Zenmax is studio online, and I think that's the main one you're working in, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So yeah. So, please... yeah go um... on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 no. no. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah, so ZeniMax is ZeniMax Media actually just got purchased by Microsoft. So we're actually uh, a first party studio for Microsoft. Uh, and now all our games will be on obviously Microsoft platforms. Um, I started working there about a year ago. So my complete experience working with the studio has been uh, remote. You know, since the the whole COVID situation, um, I think I stepped foot inside the studio maybe once, and that was my my interview. <laughs> so um, we go back into the studio, uh, I think, very shortly. But uh, in terms of experience working here and being in studio, I, I I don't have any idea. Actually, it's it's you know all the people I work with. Uh, you know, I, I see through a viewer just like this, right? Like I'm on teams every day uh, with a list of meetings, which that's what game studios is. It's, it's appearing in meetings all day long uh, and then doing a little bit of drawing uh, here and there. <laughs> so uh, I can't really speak to what the, the studio is like inside. I can say that uh, culturally, you know, there's a lot of great people that work on these games um, people with fantastic ideas, very creative. And, you know, when you get a chance to uh, work with different departments and what I'm doing now currently is, is a new project. So again, this, you, we're going through that period of, you know, trying to figure things out and it's, it's fun, exciting, but also, again, like I said before, it, it can be excruciating because making a new IP is like the hardest thing to do. Um, But with this studio and, you know, being under uh, Microsoft moniker, uh, you've got a huge responsibility to make something great. And so I think, you know, our team 
this studio and all the other studios that are kind of under their umbrella. There's nine other, sorry, eight other studios um, that are in the ZeniMax family. So they all have to do their thing, just like we've got to do ours. And it uh, seems like a cool culture. So. All right. And well, I mean, let's uh, actually just one thing I want to ask about this uh, Max is the online thing. It's a, uh, it's I think the main uh, studio that is behind the development of Elder Scrolls Online. And uh, I haven't played the game ever, but yeah. the, like when I was doing a bit of research that recently, I think I, I don't know if you know anything about this, but I was just curious. I mean, since you're in that environment, um, apparently there's a new update and patch that kind of <laughs> broke the game. And like in terms of gameplay and stuff like that, do you have any news on that? Like what's going on in the studio? So to Elder Scrolls stuff, not really. So um, me being on a new project, we don't really, don't get me wrong, like we interact with other departments, but when you're on your project, it's kind of like, you're not getting really privy to all the other stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, if we were in studio, I would hear, you know, plenty of Elder Scrolls stuff. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, new patches, gameplay stuff, um, my head's never really over there. Like, I'm usually, usually you know, face down working uh, and very concerned about the thing I have to do most of the time because deadlines are tight. So, yeah, I... Uh, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah, that's just All right. I, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't really comment on other schools. Yeah. Thanks so much, but I thought you were kind of like working on the department as well. Um, all right. So there's just one thing. Yeah, also... no, no, they keep them keep them separate. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what most game studios do. Um, and all right, let's yeah. move on to the next question for now. Um, let's move on from this whole shebang. <laughs> all right, so uh, who are your favorite artists and designers <laughs> that have inspired you the most? Oh my gosh, how that—that's like way too hard to answer. Um, all right, I'll do my best to like kind of like pick out people I can remember that have made an impact on the way. Uh, so like old school. I would say one of my early favorite artists uh, would be Bernie Wrightson. Bernie Wrightson was a comic book artist um, that worked on Swamp Thing. Um, worked on a lot of other horror stuff, but it is mainly one of those big influences when I was younger. Uh, Bernie Wrightson, uh, I was a big comic book person. Uh, so like Jim Lee, uh, Wallace Protasio, uh, Ken Lashley. Uh, so this I could go on for a long time. H.R. Uh, Giger is a big uh, influence. It might not show in my work, but I was a huge, huge Giger fan. Uh, more towards like when I first got into digital art, uh, probably Dan Levisi was a big one for me. Dan Levisi was, uh, especially like, you know, him creating his own IP. Um, Maciej Kachata. Um, Ash Thorpe is still a huge, huge influence for me. Um, man, there's just like so many, you know, Jamie Jones, uh, Chase Stone. I, I, I feel like I could just go down the line of a lot of people that, um, have really 
give me a sense of taste and understanding on, you know, how to make your work get to the next level. Um, but those just name a few. I mean, there's, there's so many, like I pick and pull from as many places as I possibly can. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like there's there's a ton, but hopefully that's a, an okay number yeah. to throw out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And that's actually a really hard question for everyone to answer. But usually from my experience, I realize that the first couple of answers that intuitively, like your gut feeling comes to your mind, but usually are like pre-close answers, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, that's a good thought. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah, yeah and... Um, all right, next question is, what technologies and software do you mostly use for your works? So I spend probably 75 to 80% just in Photoshop painting. Um, like I'll do some vector work and logo work or graphic stuff in Illustrator and slide it over. Um, I don't use ZBrush too much, but there's times I do use it. Um, I used to be in Maya here and there. Uh, I'm getting uh, familiar with Blender. Uh, I'm not huge in 3D. Um, I like using it for environment stuff, but it's not really in... If my buddy Trevor listens to this, he's going to kill me. Because um, I, I, I love dabbling with 3D. He's like a more 3D-centric uh, concept artist. I get... When it comes to the 3D software, it's like I get into it, I start making a thing, and then I realize, man, I spent so much time noodling on this thing. I could have painted this already. <laughs> so uh, I tend to, that's like kind of like my direction. I just like dive in and just start painting and just start getting to solutions. So that's pretty much, pretty much most of the software I use. Um, of course, like, you know, I think everybody uses Pure Ref as your Pure Ref open. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. But I spend most of the time in Photoshop. Um, and I'm like very simple in Photoshop. Like, I'm like a caveman. I have like my set of brushes and that's kind of it. I don't, I don't like fiddle with a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I like like sitting down, getting to work and not thinking about a whole bunch of other peripherals. But I know there's a lot of people that are very much into organizing folders. I'm like, no, just give me that brush and let me, let me start going. I'm, <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to that stuff. Keeping it simple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, the next question is, any advice and tips for a good portfolio and resume for artists, in your opinion? Sure, sure. Um, the one, one big advice, uh, I think, piece of advice, sorry, that I would give um, is kind of know what you, and this, is, this, is, this can be difficult, right? Is to know what your aim is when you're showing your portfolio. And what I mean by that is understanding what it is that you want people to hire you for. Uh, that's To me, that's the biggest part. Um, whenever I, I do interviews and uh, or potential hire comes in, uh, and I see their portfolio, I want to have that kind of like overview really quickly and say, okay, this is the thing that they, that they find enjoyable. Because most of the time as a concept artist, and if I'm you know, interviewing a concept artist, you're going you're gonna to have lots of responsibilities. And if the work is good, I understand that you can translate you know, your, your skills and talents onto other things. 
But I want to see the thing that, you know, you feel passionate about so that I can put you into that place and make you the most successful you can possibly be, right? Uh, so if it's characters, great. If it's environments, great. Um, if it's a specific genre of uh, work, where maybe you're a sci-fi character guy, that's fine too. Uh, some people argue against specialization. Uh, there, there's, there's a certain level of over-specialization. I, I, I think that is a thing. Um, but... I don't think it's a universal thing. I don't think everybody necessarily fits into, you know, certain pegs all the time. Uh, especially as people evolve, right? Like you can, you can find yourself drifting into different areas just because you just start learning things. So I say all that craziness to say, <laughs> uh, just have a sense of your identity, what it is, the thing that you really want people to hire you for, and people will hire you for it. I think you'll you'll start to see that. When you're very uh, transparent about the thing that you like to do, um, you'll find yourself working on things that you wanted to do. It, it, it sounds simple, and it kind of is, but it's a path that's really taken because we feel like we have to show, oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can. And it's usually uh, if people understand that, you know, the work and quality of your work is good, um, the, they'll they'll understand that that translates to other areas. So that's what I would say about portfolios, anyway. All right. Awesome. And uh, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? What kind of project is it? I mean, of course, if there's NDA involved, NDAs involved, we can skip right past this question. But if that's not the case, what are you doing right now? Uh, yeah, so uh, I can't talk about the things I'm working on right now uh, because it is a new project. So uh, I do have a personal IP that I work on on the side. But uh, outside of that, yeah, I can't can't really discuss much other than that. All right. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> and um, all right. The next question is a little bit less technical. Um, it's it's kind of about you. And the question is, what area beside the area you're working on right now would you be interested to explore and learn in the future, if you, given if you had enough free time? Sorry, I broke up a little bit there. What was the question? Um, no problem. Uh, the question is, if you had, uh, like, what uh, area beside the area you're working on right now would you be interested to explore and learn in the future, given if you had, like, you know, extra amount of time that you could, you know, spend on it? Sure. Um, I would say if I had more time to work in, uh, and learn more 3D work, uh, you know, I work with character artists all day long. And uh, it's something I've always been super curious about, especially like from a sculpture standpoint. Uh, I'd love to find more time to work on it. Um, and not just like, maybe not even just character art as well, like uh, maybe uh, working in a cinematics department, you know, doing keyframes and stuff like that. Like very interesting subject in and of itself. Um, I mean, keyframe artists is its a thing, right? Like you can hire plenty of keyframe artists. Uh, always something very cool to me. I'm a big movie buff. I love cinema. Um, so it's like a thing that I, I enjoy doing. If I could work in that and just do that, I'd probably just do that. But uh, um, yeah, that's, that's something I would probably explore um, if I could, if I had more time anyway. All right. 
And well, with everything that's been said and done to conclude all the discuss, please give us a roadmap for someone who is zero in visual arts and wants to get to the place you are in terms of skill set, like um, anything that could come to your mind. So for someone who's here, with zero, and wants to get to here, where you are, what steps from here to here, main steps should they take, in your opinion, to get there? Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, everybody's going to have a very interesting path. I think most people know that. And if you don't know that, it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a weird ride. Some people might uh, go step step one and jump to five and then get stuck on six, seven, and eight before they get to 10. Uh, that's just kind of the nature of life. And especially the life of an artist, because uh, we have so many, you know, hills and valleys when it comes to like progression in our art and the people that we meet that push us in certain directions and things like that. Um, if you want to go to art school, I say go. Uh, if you want to just be self-taught or learn on your own, by all means do that. Whatever, whatever makes it comfortable for you, um, I think is the, the right choice. Everybody learns different. There's, there's, you know, and learns at different rates and speeds. And, uh, I mean, I know I'm, I'm super slow, so it, it takes me forever to remember something. So, <laughs> uh, but if, if you're, you're going from, from level zero up to level 100, um, the thing you got to have is patience. Patience is a huge virtue. Uh, you will get there. As long as you don't quit, as long as you just keep working hard, uh, I know that is a hard thing to kind of understand because working hard doesn't always equal success or, and it doesn't always yield results. Um, but there's, there's a certain sense of, well, you, you have levels of progression and, and you have kind of, you know, levels of where you just, just fail. I think failing more often than having levels of progression ends up making you such a, like a much better artist. So in, in my opinion, um, I think like a, a major, a major, major aspect to have is patience. Um, it's hard to give you a specific timeline <laughs> or like a specific set of steps just because like me, myself, like I took all the, like non-traditional steps. I went from graphic design to concept art and it, it was a complete shift in careers where I had to relearn all the things um, that I kind of forgot years ago when I stopped drawing and stopped painting and I had to go back to fundamentals again. I had to revisit those things and then I had to you know, build a sense of taste and build that huge visual library that is still expanding, right? Like we, we never stop learning. Uh, and I guess this, the other thing I would say is like, uh, just learn to observe, observe everything, whether that's like visual, uh, audio, um, or just experience, right? Like take in life, you know what I mean? And, and taking, uh, all the fun stuff that it has to offer, because it'll, it'll, you know, your perception on things ends up changing how you would push something across in, in a visual, um, uh, motions, how you would make, you know, things feel and come out in your own work. And maybe it gives you a unique feel. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to, to give a, a set of, uh, sticking points that people can follow just because, you know, um, 
every person's circumstance is going to be completely different. So um, I hope that answers it in some shape or form. <laughs> I know it seems kind of like a little scattered over there, but it's the best answer I could probably give just because, I mean, life is tough. <laughs> no, I mean, it was absolutely a good answer. It was fine wisdom, especially the patience part. I mean, when you realize that getting it to point A to point B is inev- inevitable, and I know it's... Um, like easy to just say it but of course there's pitfalls in the in the like you know in the road to get there but if you just go on like technically you will get there like 100 percent like m- mathematically thinking about it, you, you absolutely can get there if you want but yeah i mean the patient patience patience part is like important to wrap your head around um and well there's one last thing before we wrap up everything is that this section of the podcast i actually recently included in the the whole platform of my interviews and it's called final words and what it is is that for example now we've talked for like 44 minutes right now and um i want you mr keenan as your like in your personal opinion for people who are listening and for people who might listen in the future maybe weeks weeks later maybe years later who might you know come across this episode right now you're one-to-one like you know speaking to them if you could leave one final Mm -hmm. message to those people what would that be it could be about anything sure um i think i think we were just like recently touching on it just in that 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 last uh question um i think uh especially as a, a life of an artist and I'm, I'm assuming we're talking to multiple different artists right like whether it's music writing uh visual arts sculpting uh fencing i mean you know there there could there could you know your art can can be multiple things um is you know there's always a sense of like we want to work towards having this job or having this position uh or getting this thing um i would say to all of us as creatives because we all have you know a very similar sense like all artists kind of have that, that wavelength that we all kind of, uh, vibe on is that like, do things that make you happy. Um, be in, be in love with the process and be in love with the fact that like you're doing the thing that makes you happy because like positions and projects, they're, they, they all are the same. Uh, they all have the same process to them. It's just learning how to juggle that process. And, if you can find like happiness in the thing that you're doing, then like you'll be successful at that. And I think, um, that's the most important thing. And that's a, I feel like that's a cool message to, to make sure people know. So. All right. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming by and well, where can people contact you if they had a question? Is your Instagram? Okay. Yeah. Instagram is fine. Uh, if you want to send me an email, that's fine. Um, I think all my information is in my Instagram, um, but any other social media that I'm on that you can find me on, which I think is just Facebook and Twitter. Either way, uh, yeah, you can reach me on all those platforms. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming by. And thank you for everyone who tuned in and listened to this episode, whether on YouTube or in any audio platforms. Take care, everyone. I hope you're all having a good day and see you guys in the next episode. Bye.